We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, yes, I was just calling to see what kind of cheese was in your mozzarella sticks. Um, I, it's, uh, hold up, let me ask my manager. Okay, thank you. Mozzarella. Welcome back to Don't Tell Mom. My name is Hannah Dickinson. I'm here with Skylar Corby. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank God. <laughs> we're two days in or we're three days in. Things are looking good. Ugh, I have such high anxiety. I'm ready for things to just start getting back into the swing of things just so I don't feel so useless. Right. Yes. Because that week of, I mean, it's really been two weeks of Christmas and New Year's when no one's working. It's fun when you have a yeah. job, but when you don't, it's really, really anxiety driving. Yeah, I can imagine. I Even when you are working, you're just like, I'm not working as hard as I could be or should be, but this is absolutely going to come back and bite me. And there, But I have no motivation to fight that. So hopefully we're out of the woods with that. We'll find out. I am drinking an orange Celsius, which it does taste like a Fanta, a nice orange soda, but makes you... Is it really that orangey? Mm-hmm. It's good. A girl in my office is obsessed with them. Ryan is a big fan of them. I'm not like an energy drink person necessarily, but I've also heard of people that don't really consider them that. So, What do they consider them? I mean, I guess it could be technically like a replacement if you're a coffee person or something, which maybe I should switch because my teeth, I've been noticing, this is obviously really important, but my teeth have been like not as white as I want them to be. And every time I go to the dentist, they're like, yeah, you have a lot of staining. Do you drink coffee or tea? I'm like, yes. And they're like, okay, well, that's why. I'm like, okay, well, I'm one of how many people in the entire fucking world? Is this just everybody? Or are my teeth, do I have soft teeth like Michael Scott in the office? But maybe if I start drinking Celsius, obviously less of an issue. Yeah, my cousin was drinking two a day and she lost her period. So I think there are side effects for everything. But does she? Does your cousin have really white teeth? No. I mean, I love her, but no. I mean, they're not. <laughs> they're not like. I don't look at her and I'm like, her teeth. 
but I don't also don't look at her. I don't think of her teeth either way. So I think they're they're white, but they're not like I don't know. This feels like I'm digging not shockingly my, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm digging myself this hole. Yeah, I think if you're losing your period though, that might be worse. Probably than having yellow teeth, but like it's a fine line, quite honestly. And one of them sounds like a bigger nuisance than the other. Like, oh, one less thing to deal with. Okay. Yeah, but that's I have to true. Keep buying white strips. Like, I have to buy white strips, but not tampons. Fine. Yeah. Also, if you have whiter teeth, you're probably getting fucked more. And if you're getting fucked more, it's probably better not to be on your period. Exactly. Well, I asked you to think of your celebrity you want to embody in 2024. Yes. And? The question stressed me out, um, but I've given it a lot of thought, and I have two different answers. Okay. One is Nicole Scherzinger, former lead singer of the Pussycat Dolls, because I think she has just had a banger of a 2023 and is probably carrying that into 2024. She's on The Masked Singer, which, as we all know, is one of my favorite TV shows. Um, She was on Broadway for a spell this year and apparently got rave reviews in that she got engaged to a really hot dude her body looks as good as it's ever looked like though i think she's doing something right on the flip side i also want to be dave grohl because i feel like dave grohl is doing absolutely nothing different than he has in the past 30 years but is just enjoying the fuck out of his life touring so he's making money but he's just having a good time and things just continue to go well, aside from obviously like losing one of your best friends. Um, <laughs> don't really want that to happen. If I could avoid that That's part, like a really that'd big be great. One. But everything else, we're... <laughs> yes. But I feel like everything else, if I could just be like, oh, I'm just going to like keep doing my thing and it's just going to keep going well, seemingly without a lot of effort. Also that. That's so funny, Skylar. You're like, fuck my friend. I just don't have a good time. But I wonder if because he lost his friend, he realizes that he just has to appreciate the time he has. I'm sure that's it. I think that's just how he is, too. I think he's just one of those guys that he's like, hey, I've gotten really fun. I read his book, which was fine. But like, I feel like he's just like, I've gotten really lucky with things with this whole music thing, like going my way. I think he's also obviously pretty smart and he's also really talented, blah, blah, blah. But I think he's like, if Foo Fighters were to fall off the face of the earth tomorrow or everyone was just like, I have no idea what or who that is. He'd be like, okay. And he would be fine with it. And I need that kind of energy. I need to stop caring (laughs) basically about everything. And that's the type of energy I feel like Dave Grohl has, but not in like a cynical way or a mean way. He's just like, you know what, this is good enough for me, and then just rolls with that, except good enough means, like, selling out stadiums to him. Wow. So. N- sh- Nicole, I-, I was about to call her sh- Nicole. Nicole Schle- sh- Scherzinger. Nicole Scherzinger. Scherzinger. Mm-hmm. Nicole Scherzinger's body with Dave Grohl's energy. Yes, that would be my ideal. But the thing is, can you have Dave Grohl energy and keep up with that bod? I don't know if you can because you're happy either way. I don't think so. Yeah, no, you definitely can't. You One necessitates a lot of effort and, like, trying and, you know, paying attention and putting in the work. And one is just the energy of, like, you know, whatever happens, happens. They really can't go hand in hand. But that's the challenge. 
that's where I have to step in and really be like, how do we make this work? Fair enough. Mine is less creative. Mine is Khloe Kardashian. Not Khloe Kardashian. Sorry. Courtney <laughs> Kardashian. There we go. Okay. Because like five years ago, she was obsessing about Scott less than five years ago. However many years ago, a few years ago, she was obsessing about Scott she had no real job or real business to promote. And now she's happy with Travis, even though I do think he looks like a skeleton. And she's on this Lemmy yeah. supplement kick that's doing really well. And I feel like she's really turned her life around. And that's where I want to be. It's just, you know, doing my own thing, but turning things around, taking a bad, a bad situation and making a good one and getting yourself out of a hole. And that's there we go. why Courtney is my 2024 energy. And I don't even really like the Kardashians. Did you see what Kim posted on Instagram, her house? Yes, where it's like all white and creepy and like all the white Christmas trees and all that shit. She lives in like a compound. Yes. A very expensive cult house. house. Yeah, it kind of made me sad for her. Because I'm like, she has so much room. She has such a big house, but she's pretty lonely. Yeah. It just really grossed me out. And I like rich people. I think rich people are interesting. I think they're happier than most people. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I don't hate rich people. But seeing that, it made me sad for her. I was like, you have all that and you still got dumped by Pete Davidson? Yikes. Yeah, right. There was a video that like resurfaced, I think, after she had posted it. And I don't know if it's the same house and she has just turned her current house into like whatever it is now. But there's a video from like early on in Keeping Up with the Kardashians where it's like her and Chris talking and she had just moved into a new house. And she's saying, she's like, oh, it's so great. It's so beautiful. It's huge, blah, blah, blah. And Chris is saying like, oh, are you throwing a housewarming party? And Kim's like, oh, no, I don't want people in it. Like, I don't want people to come and mess it up. So she wants this big extravagant thing. And obviously the girl likes attention, but like you want all of that, but you don't want to share it with anybody else and you don't want to make it accessible. Like why? That's so weird. When she posted the interior of her house, it looked like Stonehenge. Everything looks so yes. uncomfortable. I was like, you want to live like I felt bad for her kids. I'm like, you're freeze. You live in L.A. and you're freezing all the time if you're inside that house. Yes. Well, I think of that too. Like running around a house, like I remember being in my grandparents' house when I was little and they have like antiques and shit everywhere and all these weird figurines and all this other shit. And it was always a thing where it's like, oh, you're not allowed to run in there. You're not allowed to play in there because you'll break something. I'm like, then why did you invite? I'm four. And I'm like, why did you invite us here? Like we are all, there's three of us and we're under the age of 10. Why are we here if we're not allowed to touch anything or if we can't run in your house? Like what are we supposed to go do? And like, I can't imagine, and I was just visiting. I can't imagine growing up in a house like that and being like, okay, like here we are. Like, what do the kids' rooms look like? Because if that's the aesthetic of the house, are you then allowed to have like a cool, like, I don't know how old North is, but like, can you have like the posters on the wall and like the ugly decorative whatever that you regret later? Or is her, like, are all the kids' rooms also like stark white and just look like, they're made of foam. There's no way kids are allowed to pin posters in their wall. No. Well, the walls are concrete. I don't know how you would. I'm sure all those walls are like pure concrete. 
It's like a jail cell. Yes. Or like a Flintstones house, but modern. It's like the Flintstones and the Jetsons and also a cult leader all decided to build a house together. And that's what they came up with. And it's just like the most uncomfortable place in the entire world. What do you think Kanye's house is like? Honestly, I bet it's similar, but it's like instead of concrete and white weirdness, I bet it's just a ton of burlap. (laughs) Like burlap and brown and rough and uncomfortable. He probably bought all new things and he's like got his assistant or one of his new wives to like go around with a box cutter and just be like, can you just slash everything? Make like bleed on it a little bit if you want. That would be ideal. Like, yeah, like someone broke in his house and murdered someone, but it's really expensive. Like the most expensive murder scene you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah, that sounds right. I wanted to go over some of the things that we were talking about in the chat. Okay. Mm -hmm. One is New York Post posted chefs reveal the worst appetizers. To order at restaurants that appall chefs. Mm -hmm. And the first one was a charcuterie board, which I like a good charcuterie board. They're saying that it's just not creative. It's cheap and overpriced. It's, It's a cheap setup for an overpriced dish. Right. But I think it's a fun thing to share for the table. And it's just like it's easy And it is overpriced, but you go into it knowing that. Like, I don't think anybody looks at all the cheese and the meat on there. They're like, oh, you're charging me $34 for this? That sounds right. Like, no, of course not. But you did it and you made it look nice and I'm going to appreciate that and take a picture, but I'm then going to devour it. And that's that. Yeah, and it's nice to have something you can, like, take little pieces of or you can be in a conversation and, like, share with, like, the – for me, the worst appetizer is ceviche because it's so awkward to split ceviche. You know, it's like kind of like soup. You're like, why? Let me take a bite of yeah. this and then someone else taking a bite, but you put a little on your plate, but it's not that much. It's a hard thing to split. So I think with a cheese board, it's like, yeah, you're paying $34 for it, but there might be four of you at the table. Yeah. A charcuterie board will always get eaten and it will be done. Whereas with some other appetizers, Maybe not the ones on this list, but some other ones you're like, oh, we're probably not going to get our full money's worth for this. And then what was the fucking point? Number two was, I need my notebook. I forget what number two was. Oh, number two is fried mozzarella sticks, which I take huge issue with because like, fuck you chefs. Mozzarella sticks are perfection. I don't know why they would be annoying to make. I think they're, they, that's an appetizer that also, you're not going to order those. There's not going to be one mozzarella stick left. Nothing is going to waste. All of that is getting eaten. What's the problem? Okay, but the fact that it said TGI Fridays didn't have any mozzarella in their mozzarella sticks until 2021, yeah. I have been freezing those since I was in sixth grade. What the fuck have I been ingesting? Yeah. Should we call TGI Fridays right now and ask them what's in their mozzarella sticks? Yeah. Station. There, never mind. Yes. Hello, this is 
Hi, yes, I was just calling to see what kind of cheese was in your mozzarella sticks. Um, I, it's a, hold up, let me ask my manager real quick. Okay, okay thank you. Mozzarella sticks? Mozzarella. Oh, there, it is mozzarella? Okay, because I uh, yeah. was told it wasn't, but I just want to make sure. Yeah, it's mozzarella. Okay, awesome. Thanks so much. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> well... She's lying because this article says, despite its label, the product does not contain mozzarella cheese. Rather, it contains cheddar cheese. But I do love that she had to ask the manager. I do love that she double-checked. You know what? That is prime customer service. So even if you're not putting the correct type of cheese in, we will still be eating them because the customer was kind of right. So PSA, if you eat the mozzarella sticks at TGI Fridays, it is cheddar cheese. We just want everyone to know. You're eating cheddar cheese. However, I still think if it's a cheddar cheese fried ball, fried log, I'll still eat it. I disagree with the chef. Oh, I'm... Yes. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, why... I think the thing is, it's the quantity never seems to match the price, which is like, okay, but why is that the chef's problem? Like... They're the ones putting it on the plate. Give me more if you don't agree with it. I'm not complaining. You could say that about any dish. You could say that about any appetizer. That's the fucking point. I don't need to be eating an appetizer at all. I'm probably going to have an out-of-control portion on my plate for dinner. But I'm buying this because I'm hungry right now. So what the fuck do you – like, I know I'm getting overcharged. I know I'm buying something I don't need. Just fucking give it to me. What I do want, actually – uh, you give me however many mozzarella sticks you want. Just make sure that the marinara sauce ratio is correct because there's nothing worse than, than like running six out mozzarella, mozzarella sticks. sticks. Yeah, than running out of marinara sauce for your mozzarella sticks. So if I have like six on my plate, but there's only enough marinara for four, then I have to ration it out and like ruin my experience. I think you can ask for more, Skylar. I think you can ask for more. You can, but, like, shouldn't they just give it to me automatically? Shouldn't they just give me the jar or, like, a vat and be like, here, we'll just reboil this and strain out the crumbs and use it on the next person? I'm like, that's fine. (laughs) I'm at TGI Fridays. My expectations aren't that high anyway. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I think we got to do a fast food run. I think we got to hit TGI Fridays, and I think we got to make our way up to Olive Garden Times Square and then up to the Bronx Golden Corral. Bronx Golden Corral, by the way, if you have never seen the Bronx Golden Corral Instagram, it is a thing of beauty. Like, those people are, I already know, completely underpaid. That is the most fun-looking place in the world that you know you're going to have diarrhea for, like, four (laughs) days afterwards, but they just make it seem like such a blast that you're like, it's worth it. It's fine. Look it up. It Like, look up their Instagram, please. It's so good. That's fun. Okay, so number three on the list of worst appetizers is Brussels sprouts, which fine. I like some Brussels. You sprouts. can get rid of those. I, don't... I like them when they're I do too. really crispy. They have to be really crispy, otherwise, when yes. they're like kind of hard and just yeah, hard, they're not good. Yeah, when they're raw, they're gross. They need to be like roasted, but not like weird or burnt it's a fine line but like 
they can be done really well. I just don't understand. The restaurants rarely serve them based on their appropriate serving seasons. So you're just not getting fresh ones is what they're saying. Again, with appetizers, I don't consider it fresh food. I'm not eating an appetizer because it's the creme de la creme. It's market, you know, market price or value. I don't give a shit. I want to eat it because it's a pre-meal snack. And Brussels Mm -hmm. sprouts make you think that you're eating healthy, even though it is doused in whatever it is that it's doused in. Yeah, or fried or... You're, it's Brussels sprouts, so unless they've really done an amazing job with them, you're absolutely dipping that in something. They're probably giving you some, like, garlic aioli whatever shit, and you're, like, amazing. So the Brussels sprout, the health benefits are completely thrown out the window. But that's, again, it's a personal choice. Let us make that choice. At Christmas, we order Brussels sprouts. This is, like, kind of gross. But for dinner, and I ate most of them, or for the appetizer, and I ate most hmm. of them. And when I say my gas was lethal, (laughs) I honestly have never smelt anything worse. Like, I was sitting on the couch with my dad, and he left the room. (laughs) But they were silent. So my dad was like, who died? (laughs) Do you have an animal dying actively under your couch and it was in my stomach yes and it was being Mm. suffocated by my intestines because i swear to god it was lethal and that's the problem with brussels sprouts i think that's the real problem if you're on a date don't get brussels sprouts as an appetizer no absolutely not brussels sprouts or really yeah broccoli anything like that like no no vegetables no vegetables on your first date or second date, really. Like Until you're married, honestly, in my experience. Yeah. Just get the ring yeah. before you start oozing out. Before you really start letting gas. things go. I still won't do that. That's the one thing where I'm like, nope, we are preserving the fantasy as long as we possibly You've can. never farted in front of Ryan? Oh, I have. I just haven't owned up to it. And we both know, and I'm just like, we're going to wait for this moment to pass. I'm not saying a fucking thing, and you better not either. And he won't, and... Skylar, that's crazy. You've been married No, it's not. How long have you been together? How long have you been together? Almost. We have been together eight years. So. And you just fart, and neither of you acknowledge it for eight years? Just me, though, not him. Like, he'll do it. and But the thing is, I don't care either. Like, it does. it's not like I'm, like, because I have been around other couples where, like, someone will fart and then they'll be like, oh, my God, ooh, gross. I'm like, I feel like that's unnecessary. So I don't want to do that. And I'm like, everybody does it. I just don't need to advertise the fact that I do. So we're just not going to acknowledge it at all. And then the moment's gone and then it doesn't matter. I would rather that than talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. So we won't. This just is such a 1950s housewife, like. No, I mean, to be fair, it's only that I will sit there and burp in front of anyone, anything like that. It's just the one thing. I will not do it. Read articles. There's stuff on this where women are like, listen, if you want to, like, keep the spark alive, that is the one thing you should not do. That and, like, going to the bathroom with the door open, which I'm fully in support of. I'm like, no, leave me alone. Like, nothing that happens back here you need to know about. Wow. Yeah, learning a lot about me today. But it's working. Maybe that's why my relationships don't really last because I'm like, I let it rip. (laughs) 
I mean, if you know that's who you are as a person, you might as well get that out there from the get-go. I just know this is who I am as a person, and I'm like, no, mm -mm, we're not, we're never, ever going to cross that bridge unless I can absolutely not help it anymore. Wow, that is so old school. It's cool. <laughs> it's working, so. That's true. You're married. I'm not. One. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? So I, okay, here's the thing. So like, not to get too gross again, but my fart was, when I say lethal, it it would have come in as a poisonous gas had it been measured right. by, you know, a gas. Anyone. Needed. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do if you have a nuclear bomb like that in your pants? Do you just still not acknowledge it? <laughs> like if it's. Yes. You, what? Skyler. <laughs> <laughs> But again, it's so bad <laughs> that it stinks up the room and smells like there's dead rats dying in your walls. You're just like, okay, well, can you pass the popcorn? Like what? No, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I still, I will not acknowledge it. I think it's again, I'm like, well, we both know what just happened. Think of it what you will. I don't really care, but... I'm not, we're not going to talk about it. I refuse to acknowledge it. I refuse to make it a point of conversation. I will leave the room <laughs> if I think it's going to be like that. But, oh, like, I'm just like, like, let me go grab something real quick. And then <laughs> I leave it in our bedroom and I walk back in five seconds later and no one's the wiser. So has you ever slipped and had like a loud one? Oh, yeah. And you just don't acknowledge it? <laughs> Don't it. I just keep on watching like TV. A... <laughs> just like I mean, I don't think I have had anything like that in a long time. Like with him alone, fine. But yeah, no. I Oh my god. Deny, deny, deny all day long. That is hilarious. Love is blind and also might have some, like, sensory issues, but it's working. Wow. Okay. So no Brussels sprouts for Skylar because... Ever. It's going to be the elephant in the room. <laughs> Literally. Just out the opposite end. All right. Number four. <laughs> I hate this one. Um, number four is calamari. Now, I... Don't like fish. I'm not a seafood person, but I don't consider calamari fish or seafood because it is so fried within an inch of its life. It just tastes like breading. And the reason that these are quote unquote overrated is because of the dipping sauce. I'm like, that has nothing to do with calamari. That's marinara. Like sometimes right? they'll they'll do like a like a like a Thai sweet and sour type of sauce that's really good too. Well, that's good, but like the calamari itself, like I understand that the appetizer is the fact that you're getting calamari and the dipping sauce, but if how good it is at a place is based off of the dipping sauce and not the calamari, I'm like, well, then you have a sauce problem. You don't have a calamari problem. That's so true. And again, crowd pleaser. I don't know that I've ever ordered calamari and had it not disappear from the table because they're so small that everyone's like, well, I'm going to keep eating this because like it's not really actually doing anything. Yeah, I love calamari. It's a fun. It's like popcorn yeah. chicken or popcorn shrimp. It's just like this fun thing to pop into your mouth and you can eat it while you're talking. You can be in a conversation and be dipping and eating, whereas like other things you have to cut up or weirdly like 
mm-hmm. slurp or do something weird. But calamari is just kind of like an easy thing to pop in your mouth on the go, <laughs> having a conversation. <laughs> and and for a group, because I feel like it's one of those where like you don't have to cut off a slice of something and then put it on your plate. You're like, okay, if we all know each other well enough here, I'm taking my fork, I'm putting it in the dipping sauce, and I'm eating it. And then that's what we're doing. Or like obviously giving myself a few, but like you don't have to be like, oh, let me cut this in half or anything like that. You're just picking up the pieces. Ideal group food. I don't understand. Yeah, this chef is a little bit of a bitch. I got to be honest. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this. What's number five? Sweetbreads and foie gras. Okay, this I actually agree with. It's disgusting. Yeah. Because it's fatty liver. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've eaten it. I've once eaten it very drunk. Um, That's you ate foie gras drunk. Yeah, because I got drunk before dinner, obviously. Okay, well, I feel like if you were like, I ate mozzarella sticks drunk. I'm like, obviously, but foie gras drunk is like you're just living your life. How do you think I ended up in rehab? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well. In other news, guess who's out of prison? Oh, yes, she is. What's her name? What's her name? <laughs> Gypsy Rose Blanchard. <laughs> when I said guess who's out of prison, I meant who's out of prison? That <laughs> Who's actually out of prison? Gypsy Rose Blanchard, the one that was um, told slash convinced that she had like leukemia and I think it was muscular dystrophy. She had like all these diseases and it was basically like, I think it's called Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which is where your caregiver convinces you that you have all these diseases and treats you as if you do and tells everybody else that you do so that it like psychologically, I think you kind of convince yourself you do. But then obviously, like you're sort of getting poisoned and disabled just at the hands of somebody else. So her mom fucking sucks, but she's also dead. So. Because she technically, she got off with manslaughter, right? Or like second degree because she didn't do it. Her boyfriend did it. Yeah. So her boyfriend is in prison for life because he actually killed the mom. But she like helped plan and supported it. And I don't know if she like came up with the idea. But overall, she was a part of it. And she admitted that. Like she pled guilty, I'm pretty sure. But then you look at what her mom did to her and you're like, yeah, like that is self-defense. Is that what they tried to claim it was? Self-defense? Probably. I forget. Like, I do know because Ryan and I were talking about this and he had read something where for a little bit of time, Gypsy and her mom were living with her dad and like the new stepmom. And they were noticing like, hey, wait a minute. She I don't think she's actually that sick or I don't think the thing you think is wrong with her is actually the thing that might be wrong like I think she's actually okay and then the mom was getting pissed off at them and was like no like you guys just don't understand or whatever else and then apparently there was like the entire time that the mom and Gypsy lived with them the stepmom was feeling really really sick and was convinced that the mom was poisoning them and then as soon as they left she felt better so she might have I mean considering everything else I don't think she was totally off base but when she died they cremated the mom and when she got killed, they cremated the mom. Um, and I think the parents like flushed her ashes down the toilet or they just like got rid of her ashes without any kind of ceremony or anything because they're like, fuck this woman. She not only ruined our daughter's life, but she was trying to ruin everybody else's. So I don't think she's really held in very high regard, obviously. It's crazy because she did scheme to kill her mother, but at the same time, 
I mean, she kind of had to. She was going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's one of those where you're like, ooh, don't love murder, but I get why you did it, and you ha- you got to do what you got to do. So do your thing, Gypsy. And she got married in prison. Yes. This is another thing. So she broke up with the boyfriend that killed her mom. So <laughs> um, the whole if he wanted to, he would, ladies. Like, just keep that in mind. But they broke up because I don't think she saw a future with him, you know, with the whole prison for life thing. But she met someone else in prison and they got married. So how do you feel about that, Hannah? (laughs) I'm thinking I should go to prison. Yeah, who do you got to kill to go get married? (laughs) I got a few people. Just kidding. (laughs) How do you meet someone in prison? He came to visit her. They met or he like found her because of the news and was like this hottie, which also she got an Instagram while she was in prison. I mean, she got a lot of things. There was somebody that listed out all the shows. Like, I think it was a joke, but I'm like, probably not off base that she would be on. And it is just like, I mean, obviously she's getting like some kind of 60 minutes or whatever dedicated to her. I think they're making a documentary. Someone was like, she'll be on Dancing with the Stars, like all this other shit. I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. Oh, yeah. She's going to be a Lifetime new docuseries, The Prison Confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. So there you go. Oh, wow. We should try to get her on the pod. We should. She'd be open to it. I would say what else is she doing, but I bet she is booked and busy. Imagine that is your childhood and then you go to prison and then you're an adult when you come out. Like going into COVID and having feeling like I lost two years of my adult life, it felt weird. Imagine you're a child who's getting slowly murdered by your mother and then you're in prison and then you're out and you're just an adult. Well, it's like with like celebrities, you know, when they get famous really young and that like I think people have said this about Taylor Swift, but they say it about all like child actors. It's like whenever you really hit it big, big for the first time and for a lot of them, it was when they were like 15 or 16, you kind of don't totally mentally progress past that Mm -hmm. because you're a little fucked up. So for someone like this, it's like, number one, you didn't really have a childhood, but you kind of did. So, like, what I want to know mentally what age she is. I want to know because in this article, they talk a lot and she's apparently very aware. She's like, I know what I did was wrong. I regret it every day. Like, I shouldn't have done, I shouldn't have asked someone to kill someone for me. Like, oopsies on my part. It's like, okay, well, we love that self awareness. But, like, after that, what do you do? How do you function as an adult if you don't really? know what normal adults do because you were never a normal kid that grew up into an adult how does that work i know even on her instagram she's wearing a tie-dye shirt with cut out sleeves and you're like oh she's a little behind on the fashion game i mean maybe she lives in the midwest because so are they oh hold on we have i had to look up what was this wedding situation it was her pen pal she was married July of 2022. Okay. Um, he, she, I don't know how old she is, but he was 30. Okay. She was 30. He was 36. Gypsy, okay, hold on. I'm sorry. There's a lot happening here. Gypsy was previously engaged to a man named Ken, whom she met through the prison's pen pal program. They called off their engagement in 2019. So she's been engaged twice. That bitch. 
That just, just proves girls just when, have you're, it all. when you're famous, you can do anything. Absolutely anything. Uh, yeah. I mean, more power to her. I guess if you just truly, again, if you have no concept of what normal is, you can do just weird ass shit and you're like, this is fine because what else would I do? That must actually be a very freeing life. Good for you, Gypsy Rose, because you are going to live your life just not giving a fuck about what you're doing and if it's socially acceptable or normal or like, dare I say it, cool. You're, but she's probably going to be happier than the rest of us. <laughs> you're describing Britney Spears right now. I know. Well, we can see how this is about to unfold. What's so funny is she posted on Instagram and people I know who are like just normal people are like, yes, queen, slay. Who do you hang out with? <laughs> <laughs> there are other comedians obviously trying to get in that algorithm, but. I just find it so odd when people comment on celebrities' Instagrams and are like, yes! And then you're like, oh, God, I know this person. I think the only time I comment on any post of a human being is if they're running a giveaway and I want to win it. And they're like, comment and like all my posts from December and you'll enter to win this, like, $500 blah, blah, blah. I'm like, good enough for me. (laughs) I don't care who's – You know those are fake? Who's this going to pop up on? I mean, I'm assuming they are, yeah. I I know half of them are just to, like, boost their numbers, but every now and then they do give something away. I'm like, ah, could have been me. Again, I I can't – after the fart thing, I have no expectations about your behavior. You know, I'm a loose cannon over here, but not really. Yeah, you're a loose cannon who doesn't want to talk about it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that's – My mystique. I, you hear a lot about famous people getting married in jail. Mm-hmm. I wonder how the relationship is going to be now that she's out of jail. It's like having a long-distance relationship, and it's like all fun and games because when you're together, it's vacation time, and it's you have to make it fun because you maybe only have like three days to a few weeks together, and then you're apart again. So, yeah, what happens when it's like, wait a minute, pen pal, I can't write you from the living room because you're just in the kitchen. Like, we actually have to talk to each other. How is that going to go? Maybe that's part of the docu-series. I'll watch. Yeah. I wonder if you're capable of murder. Uh, wouldn't it be crazy if she murdered someone else, like her husband, to get rid of him? Because that's the only way she knows how to do it. I mean, I think we are predicting the future. Yeah. I think it would be crazy. And I also think in 2030, this is going to come back around. This clip right here, they're going to be looking at the. Like, people saw the writing on the wall. They predicted it forever ago. She just doesn't know any other way. This uh, this week on Snapped. I mean, that's a really morbid thought, but it's just... If she's not happy in her marriage, but she knows how to get rid of someone, she gets a new boyfriend. Uh, I mean, talk about a woman who's good at getting boyfriends. You know, there are those girls that can just get boyfriends wherever they go and this girl's one of them so props to her she has some sort of charm she does she knows how to get the people going so good for her i like it i'm glad she's out i'm glad she's ready to start a new chapter like what do you think it is about girls who can get boyfriends so easily do you think it's because they're super complimentary i don't know 
I'm trying to think of like not celebrity examples, like people that I know that just always seem to be like bounce from one relationship to another. And I'm trying to think of. Yeah. What's the common denominator? What are they able to achieve? I think typically they are the people that are just very like could either be described as crazy or could be described as go-getter depending on whether or not you're benefiting from their behavior. So I think they are the ones that like if they like a guy or a girl, if they like somebody, they're just going to be like, we're together now. Like you are my boyfriend. You are my girlfriend. This is what we're going to do. And the person is like, I guess so. And then I like the thing is, I think sometimes those are the people that like call them their boyfriend after three weeks of dating, which is typically not the best way to go about it. Yeah. But if they then date for three months, you did have a boyfriend for three months and then they broke up. I don't necessarily think these are the people that like date someone for years and years and years and then date someone else for years and years and years. Like they're typically short lived little stints. Yeah. But they just put a label on it. They put a label on it immediately because I've known people that do that and then the person that has been labeled freaks out and two weeks later they are not together anymore. And it's like maybe you shouldn't have called them your boyfriend after spending like after going on three dates probably wasn't the best move. Um, Are you talking about me? But I think no, (laughs) we have to cut this, but I'm talking about. Um, but (laughs) But I think. The people that it works out for are the ones where it's just like they kind of find somebody that's apathetic. So they don't really want to be in a relationship, but they don't have the energy to put into like saying no. being like, oh, I just want to be friends or saying no. So they're just like, all right. And then they go along with it. And then after a few months, either the really intense one gets bored with it because they realize that the person sucks or the person that sucks is just like, yeah, never mind. And then they leave. So then what do you think just Gypsy Rose has? Because she's been engaged twice. Do you think she just is like, I want to be married, so put a ring on it? I think it's that. I think there are some weirdos in the world who for sure see the story and have seen the movie with Joey King and have done all the shit. So like, if you have a pen pal in prison, that doesn't start with the person that's in prison. That starts with someone out on the outside writing into them. And that's how they become pen pals. Like, I don't think they give you a list when you first step into your cell. And they're like, so if you want to chat with any of these people, like, here, here are their addresses. Have at it. Like, you're getting fan mail. Yeah, it's like a slow, slower version of a DM. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if they send their picture with the uh, letter. Oh, I'm sure. If you have enough time to not only write a letter, but you're writing a letter to someone in prison whose story you probably know pretty well because of a Lifetime movie or whatever else, like, you're pulling out all the stops. I'm sure there's a lock of hair in there. <laughs> there's a, a vial tick. full of semen. Yeah. Like, yeah, all of it. They're really just putting all the cards on the table. And by the table, I mean in the envelope. So I wonder if it's about the quality of the letter or the picture that's sent with it. Because I wonder if she was like with her husband was like, oh, what a cute letter from a guy I've never met. Or she was like, oh, he's kind of hot. I'll meet up with him. I mean, I would 1000% read a book of those letters. Just publish the letters. I just want to read. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Prison Prison letters. letters. Oh, prison. Prison love letters. By Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Mm hmm. See, another money-making opportunity for her. Yeah, wow. You should be her manager. I'll be her PR person. 
Why not? Well, good for her. I'm glad she's found love. She's had a hard life. So yeah. Hopefully it's smooth sailing from here on out. Um, okay, so you said you had a phobia this week. I do. Hold on. I have to find it. I'm going to guess the phobia. Turning things around today. Hold on. Where did it go? Okay. How do you normally do it? Is it describing it or I just have to tell you what the phobia is. You're not going to yeah, get this. Okay, is. let's go. All right, the phobia is allodoxophobia. Allodoxophobia. A L L O D O X A phobia. The fear of someone shaving your head. No. I will say that I don't think Gypsy Rose Blanchard has this phobia. If you'd like to the try again. Fear of strangers? No. The fear of killing it your parents. Is... <laughs> no. She doesn't have that fear. Um, Allodoxophobia is the fear of other people's opinions. Oh, wow. So it's a rare social phobia that's characterized by an irrational and overwhelming fear of what other people think. Oh, my God. So again, I have that. <laughs> I, I mean – might be something to look into but gypsy rose doesn't give a fuck about what other people think she is just doing this thing so whatever anti-allodoxophobia is that's what she's got it's another but yeah disease, uh, a lack of self-awareness i mean yeah but yeah i would venture to say like probably in small doses majority of people i know have this in one way or another i mean i am scared of what other people think i don't know why yeah, me too I don't know if it's a phobia. Like, what are the side effects? You don't leave your house. You don't talk to people. I think it's basically that. I'm sure it's tied to, like, what a, it's agoraphobia, where you, like, truly can't be around people. I think it's just, like, it's probably needing to be so well curated and anything you say, you're, like, recite or um, rehearsing that in your head. Like, you're before you say anything, before you do anything, you think of all the possible repercussions and think of if it's worth it because you'd be so nervous about a negative reaction then I definitely have that <laughs> <laughs> when I was younger and I had to return things I used to practice and I remember my mom would catch me practicing like returning uh an item and she'd be like what the fuck are you doing I'm like I'm practicing returning this so they're not mad at me my mom's like they make minimum wage they do they do not give a fuck yeah, so yeah. I guess I do have this. I mean, as someone who worked in retail, I can tell you that what typically happens is they return it. And the only time anyone gives a shit is if you make that process harder. The actual returning of the item, no one cares. It does affect like numbers. But if you're working retail and you're like, I don't plan to be here in six months, no one gives a fuck. I was in REI the other day. Everyone returns everything. That's what makes me worried about shopping at REI. People go camping and then they bring back their shit. Because they have such a good return policy. This guy yeah. was returning a tent and I was they were like, uh, it looks like a, or a sleeping bag. And they were like, oh, I guess he didn't use it. I'm like, he definitely used it. He, he also returned a used. coat. So I bought a bag and my roommate was like, and the best part is you can return it within 90 days or something. And I was like, well, I bought it to use it. I didn't buy it to return it. And she's like, yeah, but you can return anything at REI. And I was like, that's disgusting because people take those things camping and it's like, 
things you actually use in the dirt. dirt. I don't know. It just grossed me out. Yeah, it's not rent the runway. Like, <laughs> you buy it. And, like, camping is a very expensive sport, but I'm assuming when you get into that kind of hobby, not sport, hobby, when you get into that kind of hobby, I think you're, like, kind of in it to win it. Like, you're like, and this is my tent now, and I'm making a very smart purchase so I don't get rained on. I get, I don't know. Like, yeah. That's weird. I wonder why is their return policy so good? Like, what's the logic behind it? I imagine they just want to have like Nordstrom c- customer service value, but when it's outdoor camping gear, let's lock that shit down. You yeah. know, let's put some hard and fast rules on this shit. Yeah, let's be a little more strict on that. Because, like, if they return a sleeping bag, how does that work? Like, do you clean it? And then no, sell it like they just they... they just stuffed it back in the bag and then threw it over to be put back on the shelf. I'm like, that's so disgusting. That guy definitely used that. Yeah, I don't like that. Well, another reason not to go camping. So no worries here. Yeah. The good thing is I will never be using a sleeping bag, so yeah. it doesn't really affect me. But it still grossed me the fuck out. No, that's disgusting. But yeah, I don't think this. That is not a fear of mine. I will not ever be sleeping in a tent as long as I can help it. Um, Like, it won't be a choice. It won't be something that I go to REI. I'm like, let me drop $500 on this because I'm assuming that's what tents cost. I have no idea. Um, I think it was a sleeping bag. Sorry, it was a sleeping bag. But still. Like a good sleeping bag. It's not like you're getting, like, one of the really thin ones used at a sleepover when you were seven. Like, you got to get a good one. Yeah. So something that really locks in the germs. Yeah. The body heat. Ugh, no. So the last thing I want to talk about is this New York Post article. I Again, I love the New York Post. They just – their headlines are so dramatic. They really reel you in. Yeah. Are you a porn addict? Ten ways to tell if you're putting your real-life relationship at risk. Um, are you a porn addict? I would have to say no. Not not even close. I think it's so disgusting. Not to be judgmental. No, like I understand. But I don't I would, enjoy watching it. I would understand sex addiction before I'd understand porn addiction. Like I feel like there's probably two sides of the same coin there. But like, like okay, so the Experts, 10 ways to tell if you've got a problem with porn. Number one is you've lost interest in having sex, which would not be a sex addict because that's literally the opposite of their issue. Um, Your sexual tastes have changed, I guess, because like whatever you're seeing on porn, you're expecting to happen in real life and it doesn't. Yeah, you're just suddenly bringing in like a latex suit to the bedroom and your wife or girlfriend's like, what is going on? No, I don't want to dress up. Thank you. Every time the seamless guy shows up, you're like, wait a minute. You don't want to come in and just like hang out and eat this quesadilla off my body? And they're like, no, I have 15 other deliveries to make right now. I wonder if that's ever happened in its work. Probably. Oh, I'm sure. I'm positive it has. Ugh. No. Yeah, they need to update porn instead of pizza delivery. It's Uber Eats. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Like, maybe we're behind the times. There's no way that that hasn't already happened. Maybe I should become a porn director. There you go. Aim high. 
Um, what are the other ones? Your performance isn't what it used to be. You become I very mean, that selfish. could be. I mean, I've dated a lot of porn addicts then. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, somebody else putting their needs first. Oh, wait a minute. I know. Yeah, that's not really a porn addict thing. That's just like works in finance t- kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's, that's called any boy between the ages of 23 and 29. <laughs> um, you're much more moody than you used to be. I mean, I guess that's any addiction. If you're not filling the need of the addict, then you're moody and you're hard to be around. Yeah. So I get that. I think, yeah, I think that's less porn addiction and just, like, you're dating an addict in general, which, like, okay. You've become secret and defensive. Also, any addiction I've ever heard of. Yeah. At least with porn, I mean, not, I, I know porn addiction is horrible, but at least you can't go bankrupt. Actually, that's, <laughs> my friend used his dad's credit card to buy, like, $1,000 a week in porn because he said it's, like, more because you know how you can talk to girls it's more personal mm-hmm. he like got so addicted he got to the point where he had to talk to the girls and make it a private experience so i guess you can go bankrupt from it yeah wow you're becoming critical of your partner's appearance interesting because my ex did this it's like was he addicted to porn or was he a narcissist i'm starting to second guess everything I think it could have gone both ways for that one. Um, this article is just describing shitty guys. Yeah, this is, again, every just annoying guy I've ever known. You're online until the wee hours. All right, nerd. You're protective of your devices. That just means you like keeping secrets and you're weird. Yeah. Uh, and you're spending a lot of money on adult inter- entertainment. I mean, yeah, this is just addict. It's addict behavior. Yeah. You're shelling out a lot of cash for, per- I mean, this is it. Shelling out a lot of cash for personalized content or OnlyFans subscriptions. Like, Can you imagine losing your house over an OnlyFans subscription? No, I would be so pissed. Like of all the things, I don't. I don't know if I would prefer that to being actually cheated on. I don't know which would... Well, I do know which would be worse. Losing a house or losing any kind of, like, asset. Would I be like, are you fucking kidding me? To Annabelle, are you joking? (laughs) But all these signs are like, yeah, okay. I can't believe there was a full article about it. Yeah, I mean, they were really grasping at straws. And it would be just one of those things where it's like... I mean... Do you feel bad for the person because they clearly have an addiction and they have a problem and all that stuff? Or are you just like, no, I feel like if someone is addicted to a drug or alcohol or something like, is that worse than this? Can you be more sympathetic to one than the other? Like, how does that work? Yeah, I don't know. It's so funny. This article is filed under addiction, masturbation, porn and TikTok. (laughs) I love how TikTok is always, (laughs) always the root of the problem. It's always thrown in there. Um, we found our scapegoat. I think I'd be less sympathetic to a porn addiction just because I'd be like, I honestly, I don't get it. Like I've been addicted to so many things and porn's not one of them, which is very selfish of me to say, I realize, but I'd be like, grow up. 
<laughs> grow up, Peter Pan. That should be number 11. <laughs> Needs to grow up. That should be like the sister article to this. Like, do you hate the person that's porn addicted? Here are 10 reasons that you might just not give a fuck and you should break up. Number one, you tell them to grow the fuck up and get over it. True. Um, Okay, well, we've been going for a little while. So what is your wish for 2024? My wish for 2024, I think, is kind of like I said, I want good things to happen. I don't really need specifics, but just like general good things, nothing big. Um, and I kind of just want to like enjoy it rather than having to force anything. I want like, I don't mind if bad things happen as long as they're not catastrophic, but like, I don't want to have to force the good to happen. I'm fine with just being a little bit complacent this year, which sounds lazy, but we'll pick it back up in 2025. Love that. Yeah. You? Mine is to get a job. I really hope that I get a job. I think you will. I There's no way that you won't. Thanks. 350 places be damned. <laughs> I'm coming in. At 700 is when I'll start losing hope. There it is. You got way more time. Um, okay, well, thank you for listening. Like, comment, subscribe. And hope you're having a happy new year. Happy New Year.